TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Pesco in the morning, Jay Binkley, JT Noah. I know this is from the first Top Gun, not the second, but Top Gun 2, best movie of the year, 100%. You seen it? The the second one? Second one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, best of the year? Ooh. I'd put it best of the year. Ooh, that's tough. I don't tough. watch many movies, so. Yeah, that's <laughs> I did tough. Watch this that's one. tough. That's tough. Um, I thought, I think that new Avatar movie came out this year as well. You know they're going to have to do a sequel, though, right? Oh, well, yeah. Because we were tired at that point, and, you know, Rooster will take over kind of in his role is the uh, flying and, you know, be the instructor and everything else with Top Gun. Oh, exactly, right. They've, they've got to do it. They had way too much success on, on this last one. Well, Travis Kelsey and his uh, brother Jason put out their new heights again, and actually a lot of stuff comes from this. I'm glad they, like, hit the issues, you know, head on. You know, if there's negative issues with the team, they they address it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I appreciate that, you know, that they, they don't skirt past that and they look at, okay, this is this is an issue. What's your opinion? Because oftentimes you get probably more in this than you ever do a press conference or anything of what's going on with the team. So, anyway, this was uh, Jason asking Travis about what happened on the sideline when he threw his helmet. The frustration was visible on the sideline. Obviously, you had the incident where you tossed your helmet in typical Kelsey fashion. It's a very normal Kelsey thing to do, apparently, uh, when you get pissed off. And Andy uh, commented about it after uh, the game, the exchange he had with you, and he said uh, he went back in and did a nice job. Things happen, emotional game. Travis is emotional, and sometimes my red hair gets to me a little bit, uh, but it all works out. He's looking out for me, he and I love him for it. I didn't go back out there and play good. He wanted to see the fire in me, and I, I reacted in a bad way. He wanted to just get the best out of me. Um, and right now I'm just not playing my best football and I got to be more accountable for him, be more accountable for my teammates. I got to keep my cool, man. Cause, um, as a leader on this team, that's not how you uh, switch the momentum. Well, you weren't the only one. Pat was also seen on the sideline trying to fire up the O-line. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, broke the training table. How about that? Uh, while being evaluated for a concussion, I know it doesn't look good and there's better ways. There's always in hindsight, like, hey, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have, should have kept my composure. But at least you're seeing a bunch of teammates that care about it. You know what I mean? It's not the healthiest way to freaking voice it, but this is what happens when you're in a highly competitive environment with a bunch of guys that want to win. If they want to win, I, I think that they'll, again, there's cameras on them all over. No matter what they do, there's going to be someone watching something. They're maybe misconstruing something. 
And what, one of the things Jason said there was with Isaiah Pacheco on the training table, that was not anything to do other than that table just gave out. <laughs> it wasn't anybody getting mad. He wasn't mad at the training table. It just gave out. But again, it's perception. It's what you see. And I'll you know, give him a pass on that one. He's playing a uh, he's a player in the league. He's got other things to do than worry about you know Pacheco and the training table. But again, it's what people see. Some people see that because some people might believe that. They'll see it, and that's what they believe. And that becomes their reality. That's what happened. But I like the fact that taking accountability, it's now time to change it, though. Like, we've heard all this stuff before. Now it's time to change that going forward. Because the rest of the league picks up on it, and they start to notice it. Even though they themselves do it, frustration has been a big part of this game for a long time. We had a Patriots fan uh, uh, respond, well, you guys gave Brady a hard time back when he threw a tablet. Everybody does. Brady's thrown tablets before. Everybody gets frustrated. If you're not getting frustrated – you're not playing at a high level. You're not. And again, a lot of guys get frustrated. They don't show it. We don't see what goes on even behind closed doors. You think it's bad what you see on the sidelines? You have no idea what happens in the locker room. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say behind closed doors, I bet it's even louder and more visible by the players. Some players just don't like to have the cameras on them when they're showing their, their frustration. And I totally get that. But behind closed doors, I bet there's a lot of frustration building up, especially on the offense. Which is fine. You, you, want, you want to keep it. You know, at, uh, at bay and not talk about it. You want, you know, anybody in the team talking about it. What happens behind closed doors happens behind closed doors. Unfortunately, a lot of the stuff is out in the open. And people start talking about a training camp, the skirmishes or whatever. I mean, who, who cares at that point? It's hot. People are getting agitated. That stuff happens. It's going to happen, especially in training camp. But taking accountability, and Andy Reid was taking accountability himself, talking about the pre-snap issues with the Chiefs, and he blamed himself again. You can blame yourself, blame yourself, blame yourself, but are you going to change it? Yeah, that's my that's my that's my fault. So I'm going to make sure that's right. And uh, when, when I tell stand up here and tell you that I've got a piece of that pie, I mean that's that's directly pointed right at me. So I got to make sure that guys can do that. Yeah, and make sure we're right there. Because that was his press conference yesterday, Andy Reid. Like he spent probably the first fifty percent of it, sixty percent of it, talking about. You know, everything that happened instead of like the X's and O's of the game. But that's that's what's going to happen. That's what people are going to ask. That's what nationally they say. Oh, the Chiefs are losing their cool. Oh, yeah. It looks like they are, right? You're, you're right about that. They are. They're probably not handling things the way they used to. But it's about taking accountability. And it seems that, but again, you can take accountability, but are you going to change that? Because I, I do like what they what they have done in the past. They'll let you know, but they let you know with winning. Last year, all the haters that came out. For the Chiefs, they shut them all down and shut them all up by winning the Super Bowl. Uh, G. Mataglia just came on, talked about, you know, Josh Allen burning Jalen Ramsey, who called him trash before the season began, beat him for a touchdown, didn't say anything, let his actions on the football field speak. That's kind of what they need to do. Uh, Peter Schrager uh, was talking about the Chiefs' accountability yesterday on Good Morning Football. Well, that was part of Biennemi's role in Kansas City. Yes. He was an accountability guy. The enemy was a disciplinarian. He was not everyone's best friend. We've had LaShawn McCoy on this very show saying he wasn't the warm and fuzzy type and he and I didn't gel necessarily. Um, that was what Bienemy's role was. He was the bad guy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And he was the good guy, and here it is. And Pat, and then Eric Bienemy would come in and tell you like it was. I, I think they do miss that. I think that someone needs to fill that role. I think that's a real spot in a coaching staff, someone who's not just going to be your best pal, someone who's going to go there and tell you what you're doing wrong and then hold you accountable for it. I also would go back to this. They have the second-ranked defense in the league. 
they're going to be in these games. They also have a Hall of Fame quarterback, mm -hmm. a Hall of Fame tight end, and a Hall of Fame first ballot head coach. I wouldn't write them off yet. No way. No. Their no defense way. is not like the old Chiefs defense where they're giving up 35 points and you have to pray that Mahomes saves the day. Their defense is clearly the better unit this season. So that is a nice luxury to have. If they get in a playoff game and it's on the road in Baltimore, if it's on the road in Miami and it's a divisional round, or even in the first round, if they have to host a Buffalo or a Cleveland, it's going to be a one-score game. Are you picking against Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed in that situation based on what they've been through in the most recent Januaries? I'm not sure I am. As much as I love Tua and Tyreek and as much as I love what Lamar and Todd Munkin have going on, if it's a one-score game in January and it's on the road or if it's at home, I might still be taking Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed just because of the institutional knowledge they have and the defense is the reason why. They're going to keep them in that game. So is it salvageable? Yes. Does someone need to start making sure everyone takes accountability? Yes. Do so they have to get in a rhythm? Of course. Um, but the season is absolutely still salvageable. They're a playoff team. And when your defense is that good, defense gives up 17.7 points a game. That's number two in the NFL, only behind the Ravens. They're number two in total defense, which, yeah, that's cool, but the scoring is what matters the most, and they're number two in that as well. So two in total defense, two in scoring defense. They just need 18 points, man. That's all they need a game. But the accountability, they need more than that. Listen, I, I think Eric Bieniemy's role is missed with this. They need that enforcer type, but I believe they need more than just the enforcer type. They need kind of the uh, let's work things out here. Let's get organized because they're, they're disorganized. The last couple weeks, especially last week, those are usually scripted plays, the beginning, and you expect more uh, out of that. But clearly with the Russ, Russell Wilson uh, benching, they're going to get rid of him. Uh, he's ready to move on. I don't know if you saw his tweet. It was something about, see what, uh, paraphrasing, what's next? in store for me, which means he, we know he's being cut. Oh, yeah, they've already, there was already he's, rumors he's that done. was going to get cut in March. He's done. They're not mathematically eliminated yet, so they're kind of waving that white flag. And, again, his numbers, like, aren't that bad this year. The defense is terrible in Denver. But the funny thing is, is how much money teams are spending to stop the Chiefs. This is funny what's going on in Denver. Like, th that's the storyline. The storyline is everything they did to bring in Russell Wilson – to stop Kansas City. They thought they needed two things, which they did. They needed a quarterback and head coach, and they failed miserably on both. Nathaniel Hackett, again, they go to the uh, Kansas City tree because they never liked the fact of Shane Ray having that Chiefs tattoo on his back. They never did warm up to the fact that Drew Locke was from Kansas City. And then you had Nathaniel Hackett. They went to high school in Kansas City. So that was always at the back of their mind. But then the $85 million in dead cap, if you cut him, after June 1st, you don't, uh, before that, you get $85 million dead cap coming at you right now. But the amount of money they're spending to stop the Chiefs, remember it was a year ago, and what, half a billion dollars spent to stop them. You had the Broncos with that trade for Russell Wilson, thinking that was going to be the guy to stop the Chiefs. Then you had the Raiders that went out. They signed Devontae Adams. I mean, that's the big reason Tyreek's still not here, because he's probably pretty close to signing with the Chiefs until Devontae Adams kind of changed the market for what wide receivers. So the Raiders did get their way there and they got Tyree kill out of Kansas city. So, you know, maybe props to them on that, but they did sign Chandler Jones. Who's a free agent right now. They did bring in Devonte Adams. They hired Josh McDaniels, you know, thinking that was the answer. The chargers got Khalil Mack. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? They signed Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo again, chasing Mahomes, thinking that would work with Josh McDaniels. The chargers went out and got Khalil Mack. 
They went out and got J.C. Jackson and spent some money. He's back with the Patriots now. And they uh, and Sebastian Joseph Day they signed. So everybody did all these signings to stop what the machine that is the Chiefs. And it hasn't worked, so it's funny. Like, when these things happen, that's the first thing I think of. Well, there's another failed experiment trying to stop Kansas City, and look what's happening in Denver. But that wasn't really brought up. It wasn't brought up the fact that really their misery was brought on by the Kansas City Chiefs with the money they owed Russell Wilson trying to always get at Kansas City and where they're at. Because right now, they know we're Kansas City. They know that the winning in the division is huge. They know that Patrick Mahomes is 17-1 on the road in this division. It's driving them nuts. The Chiefs uh, are tied for the second-longest division-winning streak in NFL history with seven. They're tied with the Rams from the 70s. If they win the eighth this year, they'll separate them and only the Patriots for the longest division-winning streaks. The Patriots have done it 11 times. That ended in 2019. But versus the Raiders, they're 11-2 in their last 13, despite just losing to them. 16-3 in the last 19. 22 and four or eighteen and four in the last twenty-two versus the Chargers. They're seven and three in the last ten. Of course, one of those was when they played their JV. Sixteen and three in the last nineteen against the Chargers. Sixteen and one against the Broncos in their last seventeen. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's why these teams are going out and spending the money to stop the Chiefs. They don't need to worry about everybody else. Like Buffalo's worried a lot about Kansas City, even though their own division. They need to worry about the Dolphins. I think that kind of slipped them by when they're worried so heavily on the Kansas City Chiefs, which you got to start thinking big picture. Like the Chiefs blew right through the AFC. They needed the West, so they need to think of Pittsburgh, New England. You got to find a way to pass these, especially the Patriots. The Chiefs had to find a way to get over the hump of the Patriots because they saw in their last breath they came in here and won in overtime against the Chiefs and really curtailed what could have been the third Super Bowl championship for the Chiefs. Yeah, and, I mean, you think about it, Mahomes in his era – for the Mahomes era, has only lost one divisional road game, and it came this year. So I get, oh, he's lost a couple games to the West. It's been at home. He has been dominant on the road except the one blemish he had, which was a flu he had, mind you. He still played bad. The whole team played bad during that game. But he's only had one road loss in his whole career against the division. That's what kills me about everybody worried so much nationally about Mahomes. Can they win on the road? Can they win a playoff game on the road? Well, if they win the division, they'll have a home game, at least for that, that one there. But, yeah, he's played three more games on the road. He has three more wins on the road in his career. Again, he's got a better record against his division on the road than here. This year, they've lost four to Arrowhead Stadium. They're five and two outside of Arrowhead Stadium. Like that defense will play anywhere. You can play anywhere with that. If Mahomes is on, you can play anywhere with him. The chip on the shoulder when the Chiefs are the bad guy, I think they thrive in that. At home, they get all that love. What did Nick Saban call it uh, when everybody's always loving up Alabama in the media? Rat poison. Rat poison, yep. that rat poison. You don't need that rat poison. Sometimes it's all right to be the underdog. All right to be the team that everybody kind of hates. Because then you fuel off that. Visitors are doing that. They're coming here. They're getting all that, that hatred towards them. And they're doing well. The Chiefs thrive on that kind of stuff. That's why they're so good on the road. They love playing on the road. Yeah, we love them playing at home in Arrowhead with the loud stadium. But I think they thrive on the road just because they want to show all the – the haters, the fans in the stadium that they're at, hey, we're here to play, and we're going to take your team down. I'd like to say the Raiders will be the uh, the big competitor for the Chiefs in the AFC West, maybe bring that rivalry back. But I don't know. I can't buy into them. 
I buy into Antonio Pierce. I love what he's doing. I can't buy into the quarterback. That's that's the problem. And I know that, you know, Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell's playing like a mid-round pick. He is. He Yes, he played well against the Chiefs the first time around, but they make adjustments. He had one completed pass. Well, he didn't complete a pass in the second, third, or fourth quarter. That, that is insane. Threw for, what, 48 yards in that game. It was Went down as 55, but it was actually 48 in that game. The Broncos, I mean, yeah, Sean Payton's there, but that's a team that was terrible, a team that got better, and then a team that reverted back to being bad. And now Russell Wilson's been benched. They spent way too much money on him. It's a terrible trade. It goes down with Russell Wilson, even though his numbers aren't as bad as it looks. Sean Payton was going to give it one year, see if it worked out. Now it's back to scratch. Now it's back to uh, trying to figure out a quarterback, which could take one or two years, at least a couple years, unless it's a veteran quarterback that comes in there and fixes things for the temporary. But is that a long-term solution for Denver? No. The Chargers, to me, because of Justin Herbert, remain the bigger threat. And, yeah, I think the Raiders are better than the Chargers this year, but the Chargers, to me, remain the bigger threat. If this division is going to have another winner, which it always will, it's what happens in the NFL. It'll happen eventually at some point. It's going to come close this year, but I think the Chargers will be the team. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be the Chargers. They just got a hit on the right head coach. They have the quarterback, and they have a couple weapons for the quarterback, but can they hit on the right head coach for this team? Man, I, I do think Sean Payton's probably the right guy in Denver because it is kind of his way or the highway. I, I don't know. I mean, it has worked before. He won a Super Bowl in New Orleans. Again, every team is different. Looked great when things were looking well, but they did give up 70 to Dolphins this year. They were just hammered by Detroit recently. You make that switch to Russell Wilson. But all this happening in Denver is funny because it brings me back to the Chiefs. Kansas City called all, cost all their woes in Denver. Oh, yeah. Oh, still, yeah. We stole the World Cup from them, too. We're just that good. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it, it started last year. When they made the bad hire of Nathaniel Hackett, they try to lure Aaron Rodgers with Nathaniel Hackett. Didn't work. Then they go out, make a bold move to get Russell Wilson. Not only that, they signed this man to a big deal contract, and it has failed. Yeah. From the text line, the 785, no way Denver can get a veteran quarterback with Russ's $87 million cap hit. They can split it in two years if they cut him post-June 1, which you can designate someone to be post-June 1 way before that deadline anyway. So it's broken. It's still a lot of money. I get it. It's still a lot of money for Russell Wilson, but they can divide it in two um, if you're uh, listed as a uh, post-June first cut. Still have a lot of money. (laughs) Still a ton of money. So bringing a veteran quarterback, again, it could be a veteran quarterback, just be a cheap one. I still think they go rookie, though, because they're not going to be in position to get Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Williams. To be honest, the top three quarterbacks they're not going to get. Get, could get Michael Penix. Oh, absolutely. They could. But again, they're going to have to really hope that they get it right. But the Broncos, uh, uh, the $39 million, um owed to him next year. Um, here's, the, here's the caveat for it, because SpotTrack put this out. So there is offset language in his contract. If the Broncos release him, the $39 million owed to him on the way out could be reduced by however much he earns from a new team. So that could be reduced if he's owed a ton. He's not going to get a ton. By the way, his minimum salary would be $1.21 million. He's going to get more. He'll end up somewhere. Someone else will buy into the goods. I mean, he has been in two Super Bowls, won one of them. 
Of course, he screwed one up by throwing an interception where he had two rings on his finger. But uh, he will end up in two places, but they will split that money up and not pay him uh, um, for both years. They'll use that dead cat money in both. But it's, again, the Chiefs hampering another team in the division, which kind of, if you're the Chargers, you got to be loving this, that even though you're part of the problem, even though you were chasing the Chiefs yourself, the fact that Denver did, interesting. Interesting. The fact the Raiders, <laughs> they're not set with Aiden O'Connell. I mean, Raiders got to go back and get a quarterback. You have to get a quarterback. You can win if you're great on defense, and we'll see how what the Browns do this year with Flacco because right now he's catching fire. But how many teams have we seen catch fire with the quarterback? But yet, in the end, they don't always deliver. Frisco feels great with Brock Purdy, but it is a guy that lost three straight games for him this year, and it's a guy that had an opportunity in Minnesota, two drives. To come down and win that game, he failed on both of them throwing a pick. He threw four interceptions against the Ravens. And we're talking about a team that's 0-30. It's last 39 when they're down eight points in the fourth quarter. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, watch out for Baker. I think Baker is primed to get another contract. I don't know if it'll be with Tampa Bay, but Baker going to the Las Vegas Raiders sounds intriguing to me. I still think one of the most impressive things, though, is Baltimore with the seven wins of uh, 14-plus points against teams all with winning records. Like, that's insane because you like to talk about the Dolphins and how they can't beat teams with winning records. Well, they have. <laughs> they have and they do because that is an amazing stat uh, for the Baltimore Ravens that have been able to do that. We'll take a timeout. We come back. We'll talk to Nate Taylor of The Athletic. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, Jay Binkley, JT Noah. I think he's doing the Top Gun 2 uh, soundtrack at this point. You know, I actually said once you started talking about it, I said, you know what? Let's do it. We'll do it for a little bit. That's fine. That's fine. We'll talk to Nate Taylor in just a few minutes here. Uh, we get him on the phone, and uh, we'll talk about the, what's going on in Kansas City. The, the weird press conferences yesterday that were all about accountability. I'm thinking this, this game against the Bengals, man, it's, this shut-up game. This is the game to go out there, and we'll see what happens, see what they're made of. They, I mean, yeah, it's the Bengals. It's a scary proposition. Facing this team, you never know what's going to happen. You get a little worried about it. 
but it can shut up a lot of people and a lot of times by going out there and actually uh, winning this game. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Tonight, you heard the uh, Monday night or the Thursday night game, the prime game, will be uh, the Cleveland Browns and the, uh, and the New York Jets. Amazon, at some point, has got to be frustrated that some of these didn't get uh, flexed because you can flex on Thursday night. But uh, I know I'll be watching the, uh, the Pop-Tart Bowl. Of course, will take most of my attention, but I have to watch the NFL as well. So I will be uh, keeping an eye on that as, game as well. But the Jets-Browns, I guess the only redeeming quality in this is the Browns are 10 and 5, uh, the Jets 6 and 9. The one redeeming quality of this, see Joe Flacco, see how he's doing. Just understand what's going on. I will say this when Joe Flacco did. Um, Hello, is this Nate? That's going over the air, buddy. That's going over the air, buddy. Uh, but, uh, but, hey, uh, you're going over the air there, my friend. Go over the air. Go over the air. Go over there. All right. But anyway, Joe Flacco, that last Ravens Super Bowl was all about Ravens and Joe Flacco. Not the defense. It was about Joe Flacco going throughout the postseason. He knows everything that Bo doesn't know. There's so much in my head. And just like the tribe, he breaks down all the chief scenarios. This is such a great question, Josh, because I Thank haven't you. been able to watch a single house of tape about the Lions. He's our Chiefs insider from The Athletic, the one and only Nate Taylor. What's going on, Nate? Hey, how's it going? What's going on with you talking to Nate Taylor here? Nate, uh, will the uh, press conferences uh, change tenor? At this point, because it's all been about uh, accountability and you can't do anything on the sidelines without somebody noticing in 2023. Right. I mean, that is that is a great part about our uh, about the sport in our industry as a whole is like, you know, we can uh, if you choose, we can sort of uh, analyze everything. But it is fascinating that um, Chris Jones was the one, uh, obviously, the, the star player of the defense who I thought probably had the best quote yesterday at the podium, um, which is, you know, the coaches can only do so much. Uh, The coaches, uh, from Chris's mind, all they can do is call the plays and obviously try to put them in the right position. Uh, He said it's up to the players to execute, and it's up to the players to hold one another accountable. Um, So, look, we're in week 17 of 18, and uh, let's see if they actually do it against an opponent that – uh, I have to remind myself, um, and I'm sure for our audience, like the Bengals are still in the playoff hunt. Like they will be just as desperate, perhaps even more desperate uh, than the Las Vegas Raiders were on Monday. Uh, so this is, you know, in my mind, this is kind of the Chiefs, you know, first playoff game because if you win on Sunday, you might get a chance to take a break for the regular season finale before um, you're postseason truly begins um but look if the Bengals win on sunday their odds of getting to the playoffs uh jump up pretty high uh so i love the fact that we're starting to get playoff games before the actual playoffs start yeah i like it too but uh, one thing too is it's nice they're all you know taking accountability and things like that but again like you said there's only two games left. I mean, (laughs) on the post game show even said it like what they're saying I'm, i'm okay with that in week three or four you know 
at this point, you got a remedy because I don't know if they will. You know, I mean, you kind of are what you are at some point. It'd be great to say it all stops at this point. Um, maybe keep the emotions in check. That's what I miss about the Chiefs, the way they were doing things. They would cash their checks with action. They got yeah. criticized nationally, but then they just went out and won the Super Bowl and they dropped the mic. Uh, Jalen Ramsey had called uh, Josh Allen trash in the past. Josh Allen beats him on a touchdown pass, doesn't say anything. and walks. That's the old Chiefs doing that kind of stuff. Right, and um, isn't it strange, <laughs> Jay, that uh, you know their arch rival for almost a century now didn't really motivate them, at least what you could tell in the first quarter um, on offense, and now they're playing their most recent rival in the conference in the Bengals, and now they're like, well, look, we, we know the Bengals. We know that they don't like us. We don't like them, and I'm like, didn't you guys like, – you're supposed to say all that stuff about the Raiders, um, which they didn't. So they, their whole tenor and their whole attitude um, has been sort of like mesmerizing to watch because it is such a drastic change from what they've you know been over the last you know five to six years, especially with Mahomes as the quarterback. What interesting, what's interesting now is based on what you said, Jay. Okay, uh, they have no more injuries that they can really like you know excuse away. Uh, they don't have, you know, a new guy coming onto the team like Charles Aminahue from a suspension. Obviously, Justin Ross is back. Um, they don't really have, uh, you know, any more excuses. And with two games left, the, the fascinating part is, okay, can you keep your composure? Because now what we've seen is guys throw their helmets, obviously Patrick, um, which I don't totally mind him you know, getting after it with the offensive lineman. But, of course, as he said yesterday, then I've got to elevate my own play. I can't just, you know, <laughs> challenge my teammates and then all of a sudden I suck the rest of the game, which is kind of what happened, strangely. Um, so can they keep their composure? Can they keep their focus and concentration for 60 minutes? And, again, we're asking this in week 17. I mean, that is just um, – that's mind-boggling, but that's that's got to be what's on their mind. Hey, you can still win the division – despite this strange season. Um, but the only way you're going to able, you're, the only way you're going to be able to do that is by actually concentrating and keeping your composure and using your emotions correctly versus it sort of dismantling, you know, everything you've worked for so far this season. Well, I was calling on a post game show and even the day, the, the calling this the shut up game. I mean, he missed an opportunity with what the 27 and a half million eyeballs on Christmas day, uh, to go out there and show everybody, hey, the critics, uh, hey, look at look at the Chiefs. But I'm telling you, they have an opportunity on New Year's Eve here to go out, pound the Bengals, and everything quiets down. They start believing in themselves. The national, you know, the, the critics of the Chiefs come way back to fours and say, uh, hey, Mahomes, uh, this guy's still pretty good. And the Chiefs are uh, better than I think we thought they were. But you know how the NFL is week to week, whatever you do? But it is a golden opportunity to have a shut-up game for the Chiefs. And score 30. I don't care how it's done. Um, but to to get to your point, Jay, for them to, I guess, accomplish that, they need to they need to go out and score points. I mean, it's, I look up the numbers, you know, every week, I'm sure just like you do, mm-hmm. and it's still just block. Again, it's still – it's kind of strange to be like, wow, they are second in defensive points allowed, but they are also not scoring 23 points a game. Um, again, with a healthy Patrick Mahomes, obviously with Andy Reid um, as the head coach. So um, the easiest way to shut up is to, hey, 
uh, get Travis Kelsey going. I think they've sort of forgotten about him in the midst of all of this. Um, you know, his more traditional plays that get him open in the middle of the field. Um, you know, I'm very fascinated to see, like, what Wanya Morris does, right? I mean, the the rookie left tackle finally, you know, in his fourth appearance of the season, looked like a rookie. Um, so how does he respond and, and sort of improve his technique, um, you know, against the Bengals, against someone like Trey Hendrickson? Um, the easiest way to shut people up is, hey, win and win convincingly. Uh, the other way you're going to do that in this league is scoring 30 points. Uh, obviously, we expect the defense to be uh, not just competent, but we expect the defense to be exceptional because that's what they've been for much of the year. Um, so if if the Chiefs just start the game better and they can start to dictate to the Bengals, then, yeah, they have a chance to uh, say, hey, you know, despite everything that's happened, even though we've lost six games, we could still be perhaps the three seed or the two seed if Miami loses to Baltimore on Sunday. And, of course, Miami ends the year with a very intriguing game against the Buffalo Bills. So there's still the two seed out there for them to get. Um, but obviously, first thing is shut up everybody. You know, first, I, I would actually let me back up. First is shut up themselves. <laughs> then shut everybody else up by winning. Then, you know, hope that, hey, all we have to do today is beat the Chargers in our regular season. And, hey, maybe – Maybe Buffalo does us a favor, and they're the two. You know, we can jump up to the two seed, uh, so that we can at least get potentially two home playoff games instead of just one. Nate, the uh, we're talking to Nate Taylor, and Nate, the one thing about the what's going on in Denver with the Russell Wilson and the Ooh. amount of dead cap they're going to spend. The, the, the one thing that reminds me the most of that is all that spending the AFC West did last year. You know, with Cleo yeah. Mack and J.C. Jackson going to the Chargers and Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones to the Raiders. And the big move to get Russell, these moves were in order to stop the Chiefs. Like these moves, and now all of a sudden you get the Raiders sitting there with O'Connell. Then you get the Chargers looking for head coach. And now we have the Denver Broncos that it, maybe if they go draft a quarterback, they're still not going to be viable for maybe two more seasons. So the right. once again, a setback. So I, I keep thinking about the chiefs when I see what's going on in Denver, because clearly Denver's in a mess because of Kansas city. Yeah. Um, it's, it's wild that uh, Russell Wilson became a sympathetic figure last night because we all realized, wow, yeah. um, the Waltons are kind of crazy. Now, as I've said before on, on, on these airwaves, and I'll say it again, look, with new ownership, everything is on the table just because they now own the team. So they can do, you know, they, they obviously want to make a drastic change. One of the ways to do that, despite giving up two first-round picks for Russell Wilson, is, is informing him that we'll eat, we'll eat a large cap. Like, that, that doesn't matter to us. Like, we, we have Walmarts. <laughs> like, we don't, like, that, that don't matter. And the, and the, and the salary cap is obviously projected to go up it's actually projected to balloon over the next couple of years based on the new tv agreement so um the waltons deciding to tell everybody hey this man really tried hard for us he actually you know dedicated himself to sort of playing within his own talent limit you know limitations and we're still getting rid of him now i think the bronco season is largely a success because at least, hey, you have a head coach who's, like, competent um, in Sean Payton. But, yeah, they're going to go all the way back to square one because they don't have the assets to trade for anybody. They don't have the assets to trade up to get anybody. Who is their quarterback next year? Yeah. Um, that is that is what's wild to me is, like, if you make this decision yesterday, which the Denver Broncos told us all that, like, hey, 
Russell Wilson's going to sit down for the rest of the year. He will play for a new team. Maybe you'll trade him for something. I mean, I don't know what. Um, what they just told everybody was, hey, we have a really good coach, and we're ready to go back to square one. With Without a clear-cut plan at quarterback, like, you better know who your quarterback is if you make this decision or the idea that, like, you know, again, and this is opposite of what the Chiefs did, right? We have a very capable quarterback in Alex Smith, and we are going to go and get the next guy. We're not just going to trade Alex Smith, <laughs> you know, and then try to get someone like Patrick Mahomes. Like, the Chiefs did it in the most traditional, old-school manner um, possible, and all these other teams have just wasted money and years and resources uh, chasing the Chiefs. And I thought, I, thought the, I thought the Chargers were the best team set up Jay because they had Justin Herbert on a rookie contract and even with the extension you know it was going to be you know not that big of a number the first couple years Uh, they still had talented players but they didn't get the coach right and so you got to get all these things right you got to get the coach the quarterback the the core star players to build around him and look the timeline has to equal out to your salary cap sheet and that's very hard to do and um, for all the people that said, man, Tom Brady played in the worst division in the league for almost 20 years, Patrick Mahomes has kind of done that for five years now because every offseason these teams make, you know, now decisions and then later have to um, reconcile with, you know, a, a harsh reality of, man, um, we didn't build this properly, which means we got to scrap it or add on to it and rebuild all over again. Um, but, man, you know, I, I really think, you know, the Chargers should go after Jim Harbaugh um, just so we can have a division that includes Harbaugh, <laughs> Antonio Pierce, Sean Payton, and Andy Reid. That great. sounds amazing to me, uh, but I know that's probably not going to happen. That'd be great. That, that'd 100% be an and final thing for you, Nate, because uh, I do think – I do think it's laughable that the Chiefs are causing this mess. But uh, the final thing is the rest. Uh, Warren Sharp put something out last May when he looked at the schedule and he had not seen this in 35 years. Of course, there's more primetime games now, so mm. you're going to have you know slotted and, and staggered starts from all these teams. But they finish up their stretch of six straight games with less rest uh, than their opponent. Has it has it taken a toll at all? Because I contend it does. And I know all these guys didn't play the last five years with the Chiefs. Mahomes did. Kelsey did. Jones did. But the core played most of these years. Um, yeah. At least a handful of them did. And it does make a difference. It does take a toll on any other sport. Uh, Chiefs have just played more football than anybody the last yeah. five years. How important would it be to get this game against the Bengals and then be able to rest people against the Chargers? Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree with you. Uh not only is it uh, one of the most unique schedules in the entire uh, time that I've covered the league, obviously it's been less than what Warren Sharper's done. I mean, I, I just have to remind myself that they've played in a primetime window just about every week. Uh, their first home noon game was on Christmas. <laughs> like, like yep. it's crazy. And now when you add on to the fact that they've, yeah, they've been to five AFC championship games. Um, and, that, and I think that's for both the coaches and the players. A lot of times we say, well, look, you know, the guys the guys on the field are the ones who are having to do the work, right? But, like, you're seeing, like, Jarek McKinnon is not as fresh as he was last year. Travis Kelsey is a year older. Um, Patrick Mahomes is trying to uh, play with new, def- you know, new offensive tackles based on the ones he had last year. Um, there's so many 
circumstances, but I do think it's not just the physical stuff. I think it's also mental. Um, the Raiders had essentially 11 days to really pick apart the Chiefs strategically from a mindset and to know how we want to attack them. And, you know, the Bengals will have eight days to do that versus the Chiefs having six. I mean, that's just the reality. So I also think from a coaching and from just an overall psychological, you know, mental health standpoint, um, playing these games where somebody else has a bye week or somebody else has, hey, we play Thursday night and we get, you know, the extra, you know, sort of half weekend to, to, to really study what you do wrong. And, of course, the Chiefs don't have as many answers especially on offense that they've had in previous years, right? Where, hey, you do this, we counter this way. Oh, you want to start this way? Well, we can, you know, we can go in our playbook and we can adjust in the middle of the game. It's harder for the Chiefs to adjust now um, than before. But you're right. I mean, all these games eventually do add up mentally and physically. And so they need to win um, on Sunday against the Bengals. Uh, And because of that, you may make the wise decision that, hey, we don't even care about the two-seed or the three-seed. We need to be healthy. We need to be uh, refreshed. And we need a whole week to just sort of, you know, take a deep breath, understand that we're going to have to win three games in a row after this week to get to the Super Bowl. And, you know, whether we're the two-seed or the three-seed, great. It doesn't matter. We're the AFC West champions, and we can line up, and we can be ready to go when it's our time because they'll actually flip the script if they actually win on Sunday, to your point, Jay, they could actually be the team that's quote-unquote healthier and more restful because they have taken the season finale off so they can be ready for Super Wild Card weekend. Um, so if they want to do that, that's fine. I, I totally understand it from a from a logical standpoint. But the only way you can do that is if you win on Sunday. If they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, then all of a sudden you're going into the gauntlet mode of you have to beat the Chargers and you have to beat someone in the you know, wild card round, maybe now you more likely have to go on the road against a divisional opponent. And then of course, if you're somehow able to succeed that you're exhausted by the time the AFC championship game starts, which could obviously be in Baltimore. So um, it really behooves them to, to do the job <laughs> on Sunday and, and, and get more rest because they've been at such a disadvantage since basically, you know, Thanksgiving. Yeah, this game becomes bigger and bigger by the minute against the Cincinnati Bengals. Nate, uh, you're the best. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Uh, Nate, always enjoy talking to you, my friend. Uh, Have a good New Year. Have a good – well, have fun at Arrowhead this week, and uh, talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it, right? This is the last week of the the year. I know. It's weird. That that goes fast. But, yeah, always love talking to you, Jay. Thank you so much. All right, take care. There's Nate Taylor uh, right there that joins Fesco in the morning each and every week. a lot of things there, man. But this game keeps getting bigger and bigger with the Bengals, doesn't it? I know the Bengals, it's not Joe yeah, Burrow. Yeah, it, it, it keeps getting big because, like he said, you win this one. It, it's kind of like this. We keep talking about it, but it's so hard to think the Chiefs get the two seed. Because you go, oh, well, you just need the Dolphins to lose two. But you also need the Bills to lose to the Patriots this week. So you win this week against the Bengals. And you see the pay, the Bills beat the Patriots. Okay, you rest your. I think you have to rest your starters. Yeah, you have to because you need the rest. That's the important thing. If you want to make a run, you've got to do it. Got to regroup, refresh. That's why you got to beat the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this weekend. We'll take a timeout. 
Um, I want to address what uh, Nate Taylor said there a little bit, plus at nine, nine, a little after nine, we'll talk to John Kurtz, our K-State insider, about the Pop-Tarts Bowl tonight. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drops in bed insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I laughed at love because I thought it was funny. But you came along and you fooled me, honey. Here you go again, man. Here you go again. Talking to Drew uh, from Cody and Gold for a second. He'll be in tomorrow off the round table. He and uh, Rob look forward to that, especially Drew with being a being. I was about to say, I wonder who he's going to pick. Uh, and, you know, you know he's going to pick. But I always thought that was interesting. So, yeah, I'll bring him in. Talk to Rob. He's obviously on cloud nine because of his Hawks. Um, big game with the Chiefs. We'll talk to, to Rob then as well. It's good talking to Nate because, again, I – I look at this, and that's the storyline, man. Storyline of Russell Wilson is the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, you can't talk about the Russell Wilson story, which they are nationally, like, ad nauseum, without bringing up the Chiefs, but they won't do it. Like, they won't do it. They won't put two and two together. They won't put two plus two and get four. That's too easy. That is too easy. The whole downfall is everybody chasing the Chiefs. It is in their heads. They're spending money doing it. Now Denver's going to be sitting looking for a quarterback. May, hell, maybe it's Baker. He wants to stay in Tampa, by the way. If it's Kirk Cousins, so? great. If it's so? Kirk Cousins, great. Go, go for it, man. You don't think you don't think uh, Baker will stay in Tampa? No, I, I said he wants to stay there. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Now Kirk, I would see. Yeah, I could see Kirk. Um, I don't know. Who, I don't know another quarterback that right off my top of my head. Maybe but, Joe Flacco. No, no, Flacco's definitely. Not going to do it. Well, no, I'm saying you could take Joe Flacco, get the rookie, bring Joe Flacco in to, like, mentor him a little bit. He didn't like to do that, I don't think. It's, uh, you need an Alex Smith type, man. He's not uh, – he, he's had his opportunities to be that, but he doesn't He doesn't want that anymore. Yeah, don't uh, don't forget he was with the Broncos, right? Joe, Joe Flacco's already been there. He exactly, with, that's why I was saying it. He was there with Drew Locke. Like, he was going to mentor him. He oh, said he, he that's right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Joe didn't want to do that. Yeah. He, he's not a he's not a teacher. He doesn't want to be that. But it takes a special guy. I, I can see Cousins doing that. I mean, I don't think Baker Mayfield's ready to rel- relinquish anything yet. I think he's feels like he's finally starting to to figure it out and live up to the billing of the draft pick. But you need a Cousins type or somebody like that with Here, that mentality. Here's a, here's, a, here's a shot in the dark. I know this is a wild shot in the dark. Sean Payne's already coached with him once. Jameis Winston. Jameis? Famous Jameis. Jameis. Again, it takes a guy that's going to have to understand that because they're drafting already, a quarterback and they got to they got to do the Alex Smith treatment because everybody wants that, but it's hard to find. Other teams have tried it. You know what I mean? Set the ego down and help the quarterback. Like Alex Smith did a ton from Holmes. He didn't throw a fit, did he? No pity parties. He knew the writing was on the wall. His head uh, being the quarterback one QB one for the Chiefs, he knew it was going to be over. But he has Mahomes over for dinner, shows up every week early, helps Mahomes out, doesn't shy away from like so many quarterbacks do when teams draft a quarterback. It's like, get away from me. You know, I'm the man still. But he didn't do that, man. Like what Alex Smith did for Mahomes is like the perfect storm. The perfect storm. It's so hard to recreate. Other teams have tried this. Joe Flacco thing. And it takes a quarterback with the mentality of that really is winding down and just grateful to have a job. But you don't want someone hungry that's all of a sudden you know, still wants to be a starter. Like Joe still wants to be a starter, right? 
And so I think Jameis would the writing's too. on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I, I figure Jameis would want to be that way too. Yeah, Jameis would want his chance to to finally shine. I was just thinking of Jameis because he's been with Sean Payne before. Oh yeah, it makes sense. But I think Jameis sees himself as an infill starter. But you know what it's time for? And I'm mad at myself I didn't bring Pop-Tarts. What is it time for? I was going to bring s'mores Pop-Tarts for you and I. Oh, man, we could have shared. We can still do it tomorrow. That's true. That's true. We can still. uh, And I'll bring some con. So, okay. (laughs) Well, we can still celebrate the Pop-Tart Bowl tomorrow. So we'll do that. We'll talk about the Pop-Tart Bowl with John Kurtz, our uh, K-State insider, next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 